Welcome back to Joey Hates Movies. I'm Joey. Um, I'm trying to actively learn how to not hate movies. I'm also really good at cutting Nick off when he talks. Okay, I just decided I was going to try and hop in. We'll see what happens. It's all right. Our flow's <laughs> off. Yeah, that's all. Our flow's off. It's fine. Normally because it's I went to the computer. I had typed something in. It threw me off. Yeah, Coral knows. Like, Coral's waiting for her spot. She's, she's much better at picking it for me. She's not going to just jump in. She's going to be like... Hi, I'm Coral. See? You set her up for that. <laughs> That's not true. I at wait all. for someone to set me up. I'm not gonna just barge in. I like to live life dangerously. <laughs> and I'm rude and cut people off sometimes, and I oftentimes feel bad about it. Um what? Well, I don't want to cough into the mic. Okay, that's great. Just cough into our ceiling now. We all have coronavirus. Um, if there's anyone in this building who has coronavirus, it's Joey, who's been on planes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stay for the record. Coral, it has not been 14 days since I've been back, so there is still a possibility that it's gestating inside of me. Yeah, great. I'm almost in the clear. Mm. How'd you hurt your finger? <laughs> I was chopping vegetables and I missed. <laughs> I'm fine. sorry, but I think that was funny. <laughs> did, you, did you find out if you needed stitches? I didn't. Or not? I I don't think I need stitches. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. Uh, it, was, oh. it was like certainly deeper than most knife slips, but that, uh, I think that's it's fine. Makes so much more sense. Now. Yeah. yeah. What? To be fair, I think it did make sense at the time that I read it. Yeah. What, what kind of knife are we talking here? Is this like a, your old standard steak knife, or is this like a Cutco, or is this like Japanese steel? It's it's a ceramic one, which which oh, holds their sharpness yeah, pretty yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Unless you're like making one. them to open Amazon packages, don't do oh, that. I don't, I don't do that I do anymore. Put my I did that dishwasher, one. which you're not supposed to do. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do that either. Yeah. Anywho, I'm glad your finger's better. Thank um, you. We're, we're not here to not talk about fingers or how to properly use your knives. We're here to talk about Parasite, the movie that won Best Picture at the Oscars in 2020. Wow. Um, really just like a very a very stark difference from this conversation last year. Because we last year we were like, oh man, we have to watch The Green Book now. And I don't think any of us were too excited to do that because we all knew what we were getting into. Yeah. What was the competition last year? It was Green Book, Roma... Hmm. I don't remember what else. You know, Roma walked so Parasite can run. Yeah, this is the... <laughs> all those non-English films. <laughs> yeah. just... <laughs> I mean, that's the way the Academy treats <laughs> yeah. them. So it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this, this... this was an upset. An upset. I don't know why I said upset. <laughs> it was an upset. It was an upstart. It was an uptick. It was a... It was a... I was in the room. I was having dinner at my parents' house. And the Oscars were on in the background, which... I've now seen the Oscars for the last two years... Um, and which is two more times than I've ever seen it before that. <laughs> so really on a streak. Um, and my parents are like, well, what's that movie? Like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's the Korean film. It's like, it's, it's subtitled. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck that. How did that win? Oh. And I'm like, mom, I've never stop. <laughs> I don't think I've ever known anyone who had that sort of disdain for, Something with subtitles before. I I definitely have. Uh, I I, I, think, t- I take it back. Joey is the only person <laughs> I've met who has like subtitles. I've watched all of Narcos. <laughs> you weren't happy about it. Though. <laughs> I, I, that's right. I'm like, mom, you watched Narcos, didn't you? She's like, no. Why would I watch that? It has subtitles. See, but I, I don't want to read. I want to watch. Is what she said. But I feel like you're willing to put up with this because it's in Korean. And you love Korea. I do have an appreciation <laughs> for Korean culture. Um, I want to note something 
uh, I guess before we get like too into the movie, mm-hmm. um, Coral, you might notice uh, this. This my notes have the date for Paris written wow. on them twice. Yes. And the first one, Sir. The, the, the second one was like today, yesterday. Uh huh. the The first one is uh, is January twenty sixth. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was, it, it, yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. It's a bit ago. I uh, I I saw Parasite in theaters. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I was when 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 I was traveling, I I took like a long Europe trip to kind of like decompress and like spend money that I didn't have. Um, and and I found it myself casual a bunch flex. Of, I found myself. It was a bad decision. If you're gonna <laughs> lose a job, do not travel internationally, especially to Europe, because the, everything's expensive there. Everything's really? expensive there. The yeah, compared like to LA. Yeah, compared to LA. Hmm. Like, also, I was in more expensive places. So, like, mm-hmm. Spain honestly wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, like, but 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 the UK, London, London London's awful. London's expensive. Ev- things are more expensive than they should be. Yeah. Period. And also, like, the conversion rate between the dollar and the pound is like kind of fucked oh, up. Yeah. Not in our favor. That doesn't help. Um, I was in um, things are kind of cheap in Amsterdam. Things are not cheap in Denmark. Oh. And I, I, I was in Copenhagen, mm-hmm. um, and I was buying, like, $6 bottles of water because they, like, don't have drinking fountains there, which yeah. is, like, fucked up. And I didn't want to carry a water bottle. I eventually bought one and then, like, kept on refilling it. I kept it in my back pocket. Whatever. Not the point. Um, I, I found myself in, in a theater or close by a theater. I was, it was my last night in Copenhagen. It was a Monday. Uh, most of the bars and clubs were closed. I, I was at the mall because they have like a, like a giant center. I was trying to find a new jacket mm-hmm. because I left my own at airport security. I'll tell you about that later. It's, it's, I'm really embarrassed by it. Um, anywho, I was trying to buy a new jacket. I didn't get one. Uh, hmm. I, I suffered through being cold. And then I went to, I saw there was a movie theater and I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I have a couple hours to kill. I should just, I should just, you know, go watch a movie. Yeah. And I went to go watch Parasite. Cool. Because there was one showing. They were very excited to finally get in the theaters. Mm. Um, and I asked the dude who's, who's selling the tickets. I'm like, oh, are the subtitles in English? Mm-hmm. And he says... Uh, yeah, they I, they haven't even made Danish ones. Like it would it would be such a small market for that. Like I don't think they even have them in Danish. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, I'm waving my arm so much that my Fitbit just said congratulations on ten thousand <laughs> steps. Um, <laughs> that's not accurate. I I get in the movie, I sit down, I'm getting comfortable. I have a very bad popcorn experience. I got like the bottom of the popcorn. There was oh, like was like it? all little pieces. They weren't just a little mm. bit burnt. I sit in the movie theater. And uh, the previews are playing. And Nick texts me. He's like, uh, hey, did you hear about Kobe? Oh. <laughs> and um, for reference, grew up in Los Angeles, grew up a Lakers fan, have very yeah. conflicted feelings about Kobe, but definitely like, you know. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an event. It, 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 it's an event for yeah. like me, for the city. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a big thing, obviously. Um, now, Coral, I'm sitting in this movie theater crying. <laughs> while previews are going yeah. and I'm trying not to make a scene because there's other people who are like just at their movie going experience and they're like why is this person crying at like this Coca-Cola commercial yeah, like, and they won't get it if you explain it's Kobe yeah me yeah they, they, they're not they're not gonna get it um and I'm trying to, I, I compose myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, the movie's going to start. You know, maybe this would be a good distraction. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to distract myself for a couple hours. I'll, I'll keep on grieving later. Like, this really sucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Movie starts, movie comes on, watching the movie, subtitles, 
in Danish. Mm. <laughs> so the I think the words are an important part of the movie. <laughs> How much did you watch? Coral, I watched the entire movie. What? Oh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I didn't have anywhere else to be. I already paid for the ticket. There were seven people in the theater who almost immediately got up and left, presumably because they didn't speak Danish. Yeah. And um, I, I was I, I was just kind of distraught and sitting there. And, you know, I, I couldn't listen to what they were saying because they were speaking Korean and I couldn't read what they were saying because... Gosh, there's the occasional word in English. Yeah, so there's some words in English. Jessica. Very few. <laughs> Is Kevin. that okay with you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, what a... <laughs> we'll get to it, man. I, but, but I sat through the entire movie, Coral. Which, when when Parasite won Best Picture, I'm like, I had to make a decision of whether I needed to watch the movie again with English subtitles. Yeah, and I did. Good. I watched I watched Parasite again with English subtitles. Um, incredibly, uh, still engaging the second time. And I don't know if that's because I was understanding what they were saying. Well, you, you when you watched it the first time though, you did something that made me mad, but also I should have expected it from you. What did you do? Well, to kind of get some kind of grasp, I feel like okay. Well, I mean, we'll get to it more. Comparing the first couple of watching, comparing the first and second watching, the second one where I understood what was going on completely, yeah. I got a majority of the movie without any dialogue okay yeah I, I i got i got a big chunk like overarching overarching plot yeah overarching plot i was able to get i was able to pick up on um stuff made sense i feel like a lot of stuff was pretty visual there's a lot of visual humor in the movie mm -hmm. i feel like i got at least 50 percent of the movie watching it yeah um I, I increased the 50% to probably like a 75 or an 80% mm -hmm. because I pulled out my phone and I looked at the plot summary and I was like going beat by beat to kind of like confirm what I was seeing. Uh -huh. So I feel like I walked out of the theater with like a big picture of what went on with the movie. That's such a horrible way to watch a movie though oh no no no! i'm i'm not debating that with you you are correct that's a bad way to watch a movie it's something that i never done before and should slash will never do again yeah it, it was just a very odd circumstance that i found myself in and i tried to make the best of it um yeah. and then it went best picture and i'm like well i guess i gotta watch it again yeah so um, were you like hoping it didn't win so you didn't have to like confront that whole experience a, a little bit of me yeah. yes there, there, there was a non-zero percent of me that's like i you know I, if this wins again then fuck i gotta watch it again yeah but i was i was surprised with how happy i was to watch it again hmm. all right so i i think we could all learn a valuable lesson um i've often talked about how cinema you should be able to mute it and, and try, like, a good movie, for the most part, you should be able to figure out by the moving pictures alone. Because that's what the medium's good at. Yeah. What does that say about this movie? That Joey understood a good <laughs> chunk of it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Everyone's like, Nick, you're crazy for this one. I'm like, nah. This is it. But you know what also I think of when I hear about your, your Europe trip? I hear about you leaving your jackets everywhere and like, should I buy another one? Nope. 
I left don't my, need it. I left my jacket at my new job when I was there yesterday. What, what I think about your, what I hear just constantly, this, this entire, this past, how long we've we been recording? Uh, 13 minutes. I, I hear the word privilege and I hear the word money and I hear the word capitalism. And you know what this movie's all about? All of those things. I don't actually feel that way, but I just wanted to, to say it because that's what this movie's about. And I didn't know that when I, when I first, I, I remember the trailer drop for Parasite in, I want to say it was like late 2018. Yeah. And I just saw, oh, the new Bong Joon-ho movie, Parasite, just got a trailer, check it out. And I was like, I'm not going to watch this trailer mm. because, and I feel so, I feel so icky about this <laughs> because now that Bong Joon-ho won best picture, he won best director, best original screenplay. I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm a hipster now. Yeah. Because I'm like, I was in the Bong Joon-ho before yeah. he was mainstream. Yeah. And I was like, you guys should watch Memories of Murder. <laughs> really good movie. I'm like, oh, b uh, Barking Dogs Never Bite. Ever hear of it? And I never, I never want to be that guy. But I, I found myself having that conversation mentally with myself. But instead of voicing that out, I realized that how absurd I was being and just was excited that more people can enjoy yeah. more world cinema, which I was stoked about. But this is a movie that when I initially had watched it, I knew nothing about it. And I, I do think that that is the best way. Not only of just watching any movie period, but like especially this one, mm -hmm. which is what makes me so sad is the experience that Joey had. <laughs> like, I couldn't think of a worse possible experience for like such a good movie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think it's a good movie. It elevated the experience more. Like, yeah. imagine... Like, there's some movies that I could have never... Imagine if I would have watched Hot Fuzz on mute without seeing anything. I, I, don't I think either. there's a lot of visual stuff that works. Dude, maybe you should try it again. <laughs> <laughs> New podcast idea. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, um, imagine if you had to watch Green Book twice. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. I feel like that's a similar... Or Green Book yeah. the first time quietly. <laughs> Yeah, or in another language. Like, I feel like that would be an experience where you're like, ah, shoot. But the fact that you were so willing to do it again, like, I think that speaks a lot about the movie. But, but yeah. well, what's your experience with Bong Joon-ho? Uh, I got in with the host and, and been watching his movies for a while. Um, I remember being really excited. I did watch the trailer right when it came out, and I was very excited for it. But I did need... When it came out, I had to have a friend read the full plot synopsis for me because I knew I couldn't watch it if it was about literal parasites. And I was very <laughs> worried that I wasn't going to be oh, able to watch the new movie that I, from a director I like that everyone says is maybe his best work yet because I couldn't watch it. So I, had, I made someone else What's the problem me. you got with parasites? I just can't. It's just a vote. I don't know what it is. I can't spend two hours thinking this, about them. This is baffling to me for, for, <laughs> for one huge reason. Uh-huh. You love Love. I think, I, if anything, it's probably, like, one of your favorite things is body horror. Yeah. But it's, see, if, I, <laughs> if that, that TLC show, Monsters Inside Me or whatever it is that's uh -huh. about parasites, if it accidentally, if I was home and accidentally turned to that channel, I'd be glued to the TV. But I would be ruining, <laughs> genuinely ruining the rest of my day. <laughs> and it was a similar thing. I just couldn't do it. So, I did make someone else ruin the movie experience for themselves, but... Wow. Yeah. Was that Adam? <laughs> no. Oh, he didn't want to ruin it for himself, so we got someone else to do it. <laughs> Good man. 
You could have called me on the assumption I might have never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Joe, you're ever going to watch this movie? Is there bugs in it? Um, Joe, I watched it twice. So. This movie, I think before it had won Best Picture, it was definitely making the rounds on online, Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'd say even though you're not hugely invested into film Twitter specifically, Joey, I'm sure this crossed your feed. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of friends talking about it. What What did you think this movie was I had so, about? I had so many friends talking about this movie, is which is something that almost never happens, I think. In, in the last, like, three or maybe four years, I can't remember a time where people have been like, hey, Joe, you should really watch this. Hmm. Which, you, like, multiple people have told me. What did you think it was about before you watched it? Uh, not what the movie's actually about. <laughs> I, I think I thought the movie was more of a horror movie. I thought it was going to be a horror yeah. movie when I first started watching it. I think I thought the movie was more of a horror movie, and I, th- I think it was like like a like an Asian family murder mystery, maybe. Yeah, because I mean um, Bong Joon Ho, like even though you might not have known, this definitely his previous works colored my perception of what I thought the movie was like. Memories of a Murder is about a murder mystery in a small town. The Host is a monster movie. Snowpiercer is like this wild. At least sci-fi, at least strong genre. Sci-fi fantasy. So I was like, oh, this isn't crazy. This is going to be about like a parasite that inhabits people and infects them. Kind of like an invasion of the body snatchers type scenario. Mm -hmm. That's what I was envisioning. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm in. I I love monster movies, but I was not. (laughs) I did not expect the movie to be about what it was. I think I saw a lot of conversation around like class and a critique of capitalism before I was able to see it so i i did kind of like tilt my expectations more in that direction and expected more of like a social kind of movie but i don't yeah i don't remember by the time i saw it what i was really expecting uh when you make a movie in in the current like year and climate that we're living in uh and and you make it intentionally like with an anti-capitalistic uh, slanter viewpoint is there any world where that gets like pandery or like directly targeting like a certain group of people that might help it do well like like i I don't have an answer to that question just just like as a thought experiment because i feel like a lot of media is like uh, recently has been um kind of like um not 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 glamorizing but using like uh, mental health as, as like a building block and i feel like millennials or like older gen z people are kind of like they since they're so much more willing to talk about that they kind of enjoy that in their media i think we've seen stuff like that grow and i think that we might see media that has an anti-capitalist slant like be the next thing that gets kind of popular there were definitely a lot of movies that fit that genre last year like ready or not and knives out i think tackles similar issues in a way but i think not to get meta about it, capitalism is very good at turning anything that is threatening or genuinely revolutionary and taking all the teeth out and selling it back to people. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, I think Spice Girls are a good example of like what happens to second wave feminism when it's filtered through capitalism. And I think you can see that with like a lot of different um, important concerns or like social concerns. Hmm. So I think that's happening. Interesting. And, and I do think it, it's not something that's particularly new. I, I'm just trying to think of other examples within the past, you know, 10 years. And the one I can think of is like, um, you know, one of the a couple of big popular movies, like The Big Short about the banking crisis and the housing crisis in the U.S. or California specifically. Um, and then you have something like Hell or High Water, uh, which is about how 
banks suck and how they are trying to sell property back to the people who, who like occupy them. And then you have, I, I think you can kind of trace something like this back all the way to something like Metropolis, a black and white movie about like, you know, the, the evil corporations that try and take advantage of people. Uh, so I think that like, uh, even though I think the, our ability to talk about capitalism and, and how it affects us in our day to day life might be something new for like, I guess Joe Schmo on the street to talk about. I feel like it's something that's permeated our culture or just the human race for a long time. Yeah. And I, I think it's something that it, it's capitalism is so systemic in our history as a, as a species that like, it just feels like this thing that we've always had and that the way things always will be. And so it's never been, it's easy to see anything painting it in a negative light as something that's like trying to break ground. But I feel like the reason why something that's, you know, uh, just punk in general, whether it be you, your, your form of punk is something that's always going to be relevant because it's always trying to rebel against this systemic issue that's plagued the human race since forever. So I, I feel like it's something that we see and will continue to see forever. I just think the way we talk about it might be changing. And I think that's the allure of Parasite. I think that was well said for the record. Um, yeah, it was a little stumbling. I was out in the weeds for a bit. Um, I, it is, yes. I mean, I, I guess to bring it back, I, I didn't know that Parasite was like something that was tackling classism. Hmm. Um, and I also don't know a ton about classism in Korean culture. Um, but I feel like it, it does a good job, like breaking those boundaries. And while, you know, it is a Korean movie, like is very applicable to other people's experiences. Absolutely. Well, one of the, like the, the big pool quotes for the movie is a Bong Joon-ho interview where someone asked him like, what is the global appeal of Parasite? Like, how is it that you managed to depict something that feels uniquely Korean while also being something like you're presenting a universal truth about class and, and money and, and, and the distribution of wealth. And he said that the one thing that transcends all, and it's a, a problem is capitalism. It's, it's the universal language. Everyone in the world understands what that is. Laughter, it's, clapping, and capitalism. That's. It's like, I think the country we all live in is yeah, capitalism. The country yeah. we all live in and the language we speak is capitalism. And so, uh, like, this movie hit pretty hard for me in a couple ways. Because, so. like, um, like, for those, so uh, Parasite tells a story about a, an impoverished family in Korea whose son basically gets the golden ticket to potentially or to teach uh to tutor english for this very wealthy family in south korea and once he gets it in there he realizes how easy it is to take advantage of this wealthy family because they're not particularly bright and this uh, family's pretty savvy and they're pretty savvy savvy and i think that people in impoverished situations kind of have to be savvy in order to make ends meet and live mm -hmm. and so what he manages to do is get every single member uh, every single member of his family a job in the home of this wealthy family to serve as their personal caretakers to some extent whether it be an english tutor an art tutor a personal driver or a maid he he pulls the current existing roster of the family's home care and replaces it with his own family and it feels very cutthroat it feels like a dog eat dog world because they are directly competing 
for positions. And the way it's gone about is it's heinous. It's mean. It's evil. But you, it's so watchable. It's mm-hmm. so good because you, you can't blame them. I no, they need jobs. Yeah. I love the con that's being pulled. You love it when people are clever and pulling it over on people who are dumb. You love that. Yes, but like I, something was also particularly appealing about Jessica. Because mm. I feel like she was like the epitome or like even, you know, more savvy than everyone else. Even like openly talked about in the script of like, wow, she could be a con artist. Or like, wow, she's so good at forging documents. Yeah. And I feel like as someone who may or may not have forged documents, there's like a like an appreciation <laughs> maybe for like... I under I I understand this mindset. I think she's the one that is most clearly this uh, lost opportunity in the family, where it's most clearly a line drawn of like, oh, if we had just sent her to school and it, if she had all those opportunities, other people would have had, she'd be doing great for herself. Mm-hmm. If the family had the means, yeah, she'd be all right. And and I think that that is the the I guess not the thesis of the movie, but it's saying like. Hey, if we give poor people the opportunity, if we give impoverished families the opportunity, they will rise to the occasion because they are given equal footing with the people who do have the, with with the haves, and and that is something that's like, the, of course, the rich people, rich people in general don't like that sort of idea because mm-hmm. God forbid there be any fair footing for. Uh, just the distribution of wealth this in this is world. This my mountain. How the, the, dare you climb up it? Exactly. And I think that the it's so – it feels like a, when I watched this movie, I was like, this feels a lot like an Ocean's Eleven type scenario. It feels like I'm watching a heist unfold. Mm-hmm. But something about it feels so much more intimate than a heist because it's saying I'm directly competing for your position and I'm going to get rid of the person who's in front of me in the most clever way possible. But at the end of the day – I felt horrible watching the movie. Like it gave me anxiety because I'm like, these people are awful, but I understand why they have to be I awful. never once thought they were awful. I, I think that their behavior is bad. I think because I think the people who they take the opportunities from are also in a similar boat. And that, that was the mindset. I'm like, these people are going to be in the same situation and it's, it's a never ending cycle. It's always a dog eat dog world and it's never going to get solved this way. And then it's like, oh wait, that's the point of the movie. <laughs> And so when when you first hear the word parasite in the movie, I think your first knee-jerk reaction is to think the parasite is the impoverished family feeding off of the rich family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very that's a fine way of reading the movie. I think it's a very easy reading of the movie, but I think it's a it's a symbiotic relationship. I don't think that this is a one-way street. I think the rich are also parasites in this movie because they are literally helpless without the help of their servants essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fundamental problem is that it is such a, a symbiotic relationship that if you were to tear one end of the equation out of it, it would throw capitalism and like just throw it through the roof and it would fall down a cliff. Mm-hmm. And it just the equilibrium thrown off completely. An example of why it really helps to understand the words that are being said. Um, just a quick one. There's probably a couple I can talk about. Just a quick one. Um, I didn't know that the job that Kevin was taking from his college friend who was going abroad that the other person liked the daughter. Yeah. 
and like had that whole like planned future with her mm-hmm. and was like choosing Kevin because he thought he was like safe and harmless and wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's like a whole nother layer of complexity that I had no idea was there because I didn't know what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> Did that did that paint your perception of Kevin a little bit differently? It ma- it made him feel a little bit uh, shittier. It, it it made me think of him as like a, like a little bit shittier. Huh? I I don't know that I felt that because I thought the um the he was like a, he's a K-pop star, the dude who is like the mm. the English tutor. Um, I was like, oh, this dude also sucks too. So I'm <laughs> like, whatever. I I didn't feel bad for him, but I'm also like, Kevin, you. Naughty boy. Yeah. You naughty, naughty man. I was also like, I don't know if this is a cultural thing, but I'm like, how old is she? I think they said she's a sophomore or a junior. Yeah, and he's, and he's in high school too, right? No, he's a, he's supposed to be. He, was, a, he had done military stuff. Yeah. Um, But his friend had said, like, I'm going to wait for her to graduate, then ask her out. Mm-hmm. So even I didn't feel like he was crossing too much of a line because nothing was started there. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's a dog-eat-dog world, baby. <laughs> capitalism and romance. All fairs in love and capitalism. Right? I don't know. In my mind, I kept on painting her as, like, 12. And I'm like, I don't like watching this. No, no. she's not 12. No. Um, Coral. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think about this long con that the, that the, that the family, that the impoverished family had? Um, how, did, how did it make you feel? I, I mean, I was... I was on their side. You're on, you, you understood. It's a yes. doggy dog world. Yes. And I think, I think that family, is that the Kim family that's yes. in, infiltrating? I think each of them would describe themselves as mean. You know, I don't, I don't think they had this point of pride of, of being helpful to others or uplifting their community or anything. I think they, they thought of themselves as grifters as selfish and that's how they would describe themselves and i think you get that where those two things meet is that the the um park family would never describe themselves as mean or selfish or taking advantage of people Mm -hmm. and and that's where you kind of get that weird cross i guess um so I, i mean i was i think the other thing about their con is that it moves at such a excellent pace and you're so invested in it that you're not really thinking past what happens while you're watching that movie. Or if you are, it's more of just like a, all right, they're going to get everyone in the house and then some information's going to leak out and the, the other family's going to get mad and then they're going to be fired and have to figure out a thing. Like, that's where your mind kind of naturally takes that, that whole plot where it's going. So when it doesn't do that, it's really nice. Yeah, I think that in any other hand, like that's, you know, it's a, by that point, it's a formulaic, like, mm. okay, I, I see the, the rising action, the plateau, following action, and then the, the resolution, and it's all, it's all done. They, yeah. they end up figuring it out at, at some point, and it all works out. Like, in the Scooby-Doo, end. they got them. Yeah, and, and, and to some extent, like, I also was happy for the family as they were infiltrating, because, like, I think coming from uh, just my upbringing in general, like, you know, manual labor has always been like a thing, a constant in my family. And, you know, it, it, in Southern California, the world of landscaping is highly competitive. Mm. There's turf, there's, there's, um, you know, um, it's an, it's an enterprise in a way that I think it's not quite in other States in the U S just because everyone wants a pristine lawn. And so having my father grow up and having his own business in the landscaping thing, I was like, I realized from a young age that this is a cutthroat world. Like 
for people who are their own business and like he really was the breadwinner in the family. Like my mom worked at a bank and uh, part time at a bank and or, no, I'm sorry, full time at a bank. But my dad was really the one who was like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. working in the hot sun and also like, ah oh, man, these people came in and you know some younger guys took my took my uh, my client or whatever. Mm. And so it's just realized like the importance of not only having a good work ethic but show like showcasing like you know what you're doing but also your ability to make connections mm -hmm. and that's what really caught my attention in parasite is this family's ability to not only be good because i think that even if you're watching someone who's bad like like a character who i like i don't think i could do what they did in order to infiltrate the family because i feel like it's crossing a line that i wouldn't feel comfortable doing like the the peach fuzz on the yeah. maid like casual I feel, poison is fine <laughs> but i understood it but i think the the appeal of these characters and why i like them so much is because they're so good at what mm. they do it, very similar to adam sandler in uncut gems world's biggest asshole <laughs> he's he's a horrible human being but he's so good yeah at what he does you can't help but be enthralled by it and so it's mm. that appeal that really got my teeth into parasite where i'm like okay I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, and then they, the, the family is eventually successful and, you know, they, they celebrate their successes in a, in a fortuitous night when the family, the, the rich family, goes out on a camping trip for their, for their youngest son who is, well, I don't really know what his problem is because the parents think... I think he's... Fine. I think he's just a normal kid. Yeah, like, he's just he's, a little energetic. If, maybe some attention problems, but yeah. But because his family is of wealth, they just think like, oh, he's a tortured artist, and mm -hmm. he like they think what he's dealing with is something so much more than what it probably actually is. Yeah, and Jessica's very good at zeroing in on that and making that infinitely worse by what did she call it—the schizophrenia corner of all of yes. his paintings. <laughs> And I think uh, that's the thing that Bong Joon-ho is so good about. Like, all of his movies have this sort of tongue-in-cheek, like, mm. the, the humor of, uh, oh, well, you know, what is this? This is like a, is this like a monkey or yeah. something? And he's like, oh, it's a self-portrait of my son. And he's just like, ah. Oh, oh. <laughs> and, like, because that's an obvious moment for someone to laugh. But, mm -hmm. you know, he plays it cool because he knows that this is an in. And yeah. I... And I think that's what Bong Joon-ho is so good at is like kind of taking the laugh and kind of canning it for later. <laughs> and and then he opens it up at the right moment when mm. Jessica steps in. And it's so much more meaningful that way. Yeah. <laughs> um. um. But we get to our fortuitous... <laughs> sorry, weird moment. We get to the fortuitous night where the, the, the infiltration is successful. Oh, sorry. I'm getting ahead of... Can we talk about it? Well, who is your, I got to know, who is your favorite infiltration? What was, what family member was your favorite? Um, and like, what was your favorite way that they got in? My, my favorite was personally the father played by Song Kang Ho, I believe is yeah. his name. The driver. Because I loved the idea of, you know, it's a little bit unusual because uh, some things we don't, wouldn't really do in the U.S. But the fact that the driver, the potential new driver shows up to dad's work and sits there and waits for him to be done with his job before he drives him home, which is mm -hmm. unusual, but like, okay, cool. That's like a thing I'm sure for rich people, mm -hmm. whatever. 
And you have that moment where he's being like, oh, you know, I have a, a few moments to kill. Like, let's, let's take a drive and let's, let's test you out, basically. Yeah. But he makes a point to say, this is not a test. <laughs> this is not a test. We're just, we're just talking. We're just shooting the shit and we'll see if we vibe. But then he holds the coffee cup. And I love the reveal of the coffee cup. And he's just watching it like a hawk to see if he spills a drop. Mm -hmm. Because you know if he does, it's a no-go. Yeah. But the fact that he doesn't, oh, it's so good. I love his whole backstory that he gives himself and, and the conversation about like passing the time on the road and how it just becomes a part of you. And like, that's all so good that he's so naturally just like, all right, this is the person I am now. And like, what's a calming way to step into this role. And he also knows what the guy wants to hear mm -hmm. because he, he, I think that he, the reason why this family is so successful is because they bridge the gap between themselves and the rich family through common ground that is on one end of the equation, hard earned, and on the other end of the equation from the rich family, it's something that they think they've earned. Mm -hmm. And it's the fact that the, the, the solitude of the road, that's, that's how uh, Song Kang-ho and the, the father of the rich family bond is like the isolation and the loneliness of being the breadwinner of like, hey man, sometimes you just, you're alone and you know, you do things that you don't want to do because you got to feed the family. Mm -hmm. And through that, they have a shared bond. Yeah. And that's their end. I love it. I like all the preparations of the con even more than just the con itself. Like, oh, you're going to be a driver? Let's go to the Mercedes dealer and, like, pretend like we're going to try <laughs> and buy a car to see what all the buttons do. <laughs> like, stuff like that that doesn't necessarily need to be in the movie but is, like, quickly in the movie that, like, helps make everything more believable or makes them seem more savvy mm. was really fun to me. Or, like, all, there's, there's a lot of foreshadowing in the movie, but even just, like, you know, you make it a point to see Hot Scott squirted on the pizza. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, hey, what am I <laughs> believe? Look at this. What looks like horrible hot sauce, judging just by or the color of it. maybe just really spicy. Yeah, like the peach stuff is fun. Or like everything's fun. It, uh, I'm, Jessica does feel like uh, the, the most brainy to me. Mm. Through and through, uh, I yeah, like that they. I like that they practice and rehearse their scenes oh, yeah. at home. Like they have it pre-written out, and they're like doing acting practice so they can like you know they can they, sell it. They're, they're they're really committing to this. It's not just like something they're stumbling into or like something they're just like master master con people. Maybe Jessica's a master con person, but like they're they they're, have a plan. They they, they have as a plan. Dad likes to talk about all the time is that it's not it's not that they're just like smarter and can think on their feet faster which they can but it's it's having a plan and having a backup plan and knowing that your plan's not going to work and coming up with another plan and they have that i think that this movie is like uh it sees through the very real reality that i definitely face as someone who had no money growing up in, in that like you know your family has the costco membership but like you go to Costco and you get the free samples and you make the mm -hmm. rounds to get the... This movie is like, what if that free sample went out to just <laughs> the entire world? Like, what if you were so savvy that you could take advantage of the fact that you have these things readily available, even though they may not belong to you? And so I, I love that we are sold them looking at the Mercedes later in the movie from the opening moment of the movie where they don't have Wi-Fi mm -hmm. and they're trying to, like 
get free Wi-Fi. Like, I believe that those people are the people we end the movie with. That makes sense to me, mm-hmm. that there are these people who are just this crafty and committed to not spending money in a way because they can't. And, and, I, and I love that ingenuity that they, that they are able to muster. Their toilet situation made me really sad. Dude, nothing (laughs) nothing upsets me more than that shot of Jessica sitting on the toilet smoking a cigarette and the water just shooting out from the side. Like, what? That that I think that was probably the most upsetting part of the movie for me. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So yeah, I mean, everyone gets in the house. uh, They're celebrating. Um, The family does a lot of drinking together, which is you know a big mark of Korean culture too. Um, I love that Jessica digs into the dog treats mm-hmm. and that the dog treats are good enough that like, it's just jerky. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to believe that Jessica drank that whole bottle of like dog buyers. Dude, she drank she, so much. Yeah. Oh, real quick. One thing that we should touch on before we get to the big reveal is, um, between Song Kong Ho and, um, the rich father, when they're in the car, he makes a point to point out the smell. Yeah. Of Song Kang Ho. It's it's not a smell of you know, it's not it's not a particularly heinous smell. There's nothing gross about it. Uh, maybe that's not true. Maybe there is something slightly gross about it, but it's he says he describes it as the kind of smell that you experience when you go on the subway. Yeah. And he's not saying it, but he's basically saying the smell of poor people. Yeah. The the smell of people who are just you know, they don't they, they can't do better because they, they don't have the means to. And it's just, it's such a, I think it's a, a smart way of Bong Joon-ho not saying the thing, but also saying the thing very clearly of like, we are better than you yeah. and you are less than because you smell a little bit different. And that was the one thing that I'm like, for, for a bit, I could vibe with the dad. I'm like, okay, he's kind of a dick, but whatever. Like, he's working. He's a successful guy. That's interesting. He's working with VR. I see him in the <laughs> in his little office working with VR. But that was the moment that I was like, oh, this person is a piece of shit. <laughs> That's such a, a base, like, strip someone of their dignity to talk yeah. about them in that way. Yeah, you, you are less than because you smell different, yeah. which is like, ooh, I couldn't think of a better way of highlighting such a difference between the rich and poor and just that one moment. It's because it's just, mm, mm-hmm. mm, that's really good. But that'll come into play later. <laughs> uh, Joey, I wanted to know what you were thinking when you were in Copenhagen and the reveal happens because we have our family having a wonderful drunken night and then... Who comes ringing at the door? It's the previous maid who looks very scary. Yeah. She looks distraught. She looks distressed. It's pouring rain out there. She's, she's still been having beat a up. reaction. She's yeah. Been, yeah. She, yeah. She's still very like suffering from the reaction. So wh- wh- what, was you, what was going on in your mind when she showed up again? What did you think was happening? <laughs> and then when you rewatched it again, what did you think? I was just like, oh, this is... This is where stuff stops being happy right now. This is yeah. like, okay, let me put my seatbelt on because clearly there's going to be some kind of a tonal shift. You know, maid comes in, they let her in, they're sneaking around the house. You get a lot of really cool shots in the house of like different perspectives of like people trying to eavesdrop versus, you know, what's what's actually the focus of the scene. Um, you see this, ha- this family now like trapped in the house and like just barely covering their tracks. And then, uh, you know, maid, uh, mom goes down to see the maid, like, trying to move the bookshelf, which 
I really would love to know if if the actual actor was the one propping himself up in that position. If they got a stunt double for that. It, it's such a it, it's an, it feels like another Bong Joon Ho moment of him being funny because what's a funnier image than seeing a woman pressed up against a wall trying to push a shelf? Like it's such a bizarre image, but it's so like fun. Mm. Like a, any other director would have just been like, okay, she's standing and trying to push, but she's she is pushing. She's got to push. I mean, she's desperate because you know. You know, push the bookcase away, hidden basement, hidden husband, who... What what, what did you think when you saw the other man in the house? It's like, oh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't have, like, a distinct thought or, like, it was just like, okay, okay that's okay. Cole, you know? what about you? What about the review? <coughs> how, how did you feel during this whole thing? Because this is where I was like, I'm stressed now. Yeah, that whole <laughs> scene from, like, the first buzzer through like all the the series of reveals is just like a sink like it's scary that part of the movie felt like scary and more like a horror movie than anything else because it's clearly there's like a whole other thing happening that you haven't thought about that you weren't expecting that's happening like literally underneath this whole house i think mm -hmm. makes it feel very um stressful and scary and every little piece of more information you get just there's like five more questions um so it's a very it like and it happens almost exactly at the halfway point of that yeah. movie as no, well. Yeah. No, straight up. So it, 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 it's the moment that felt like, oh, this is where the horror kicks in because I'm yeah. like, oh, I assumed this was a horror movie. Everything's fine until now. Oh, this is where it the all happened. The con is done. They made it all the way to the top of their hill and now they have to roll down. And this is how it unravels. And I think this is where Bong Joon-ho really starts to hammer in the the problems of capitalism because it's two groups of humans who are debasing themselves and dehumanizing one another in the effort to continue working mm -hmm. which feels like oh man this is a problem right like this feels yeah like an issue <laughs> this is a, a serious problem we have and uh you know we have of course because it's raining outside and they went on a, a camping trip for their son's birthday now they got to now they got to come back because yeah, another family's coming home. They so got rained back. So now everyone's back in the house and it's almost like a, it's this weird mix between like a horror movie and Tom and Jerry. Yeah. It feels very cartoony to some extent. Yeah. Especially the, the scene of her like trying to cook while they're all the other chaos is happening. Cleaning is very, a great line that you don't get into. You understand what they're saying is uh, just the delivery of what the fuck is Ram Dom yeah. <laughs> was, was I probably the moment that I laughed. I that might be the only time I laughed out loud in the movie. Cause it just took me so far back. I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about like after the, the buzz of parasite was everyone like, Oh my gosh, Ram Dom yeah. looks, looks amazing. It looks incredible. I want to, how do you, where do you, can I Googled it because I was just like, well, what is it? And every, the first three pages of results are like, how to make the iconic dish from the hit film Parasite. But I love that. <laughs> I, I do love that Bong Joon Ho makes it look like, the, oh man, like what, this is a thing. I'm like, well, this is, yeah. what is this exquisite? It defaults into a cooking show for like what is 20 seconds. Exquisite dish. And it's literally, Two ninety-nine cents. One's ninety-nine cents instant ramen, and the other one is ninety-nine cents instant udon combined together. I love that it's something like the rich people want poor people food. Yeah, yeah. 
there's something there that I feel like <laughs> Bong Joon-ho, if someone, if he asked him directly, what's the point of the rom, he'd be like, I just like rom-dom, dude. But I feel like there is something there about rich people wanting poor people food. Yeah. And it, well, it's not for them. It's their son really likes it. The little boy likes that food a lot. But it's also the thing that everyone's like, kind of like they're nibbling at. And it's also, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll put some steak in it. There's some great yeah. steaks in the freezer. Follow those out by the time we get home. And I like that this, I think that the food translates to moments later and their son is out in his own little teepee that he has set up and the parents are watching him on the couch while our family is hidden underneath the table waiting for their opportunity to leave and that's when we have the moment and this is a moment that's like oh it really sticks out to me because it's such a unique moment of um the rich husband and wife they start to have they 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 don't have sex. It feels like a very impersonal yeah. sexual interaction because I kind of get that vibe from them that like they're kind of falling apart, but they're also willing to put up with each other because like their life is so good. Yeah. So it feels like a very impersonal like sexual encounter. But the idea of the Ramdam being translated to this sexual intimate moment or lack of intimate moment is like, I feel like they're the same thing because while they're like getting it on he basically says like he he they role play to to some extent of like oh, yeah you're like oh give me all the drugs and like he's like oh what if i gave you the underwear that was found in my car drivers like it feels like such a weird role play of like this it, it's not that it's sexy it's that there's power in, in that dynamic and the thing that I think often gets conflated as sex is power and vice versa, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. But I think that there's something so visceral, like that is the moment where you're like, oh, he just, uh, he just thinks he's better than them. And it's yeah. like, it, it, it gets seen through this like external, like sexual moment that I think is just the Ramdam and the sex. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. I don't know how quite to express. I think that's something like, there's an essay there. Hmm. I thought the sex scene was great. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? I, I I don't think it was impersonal at all. <laughs> it was not impersonal sex. She she was like at first I thought no. they're they're pretending they're other people. <laughs> they're, one's people like that. One's pretending. Yeah, that but I would give them drugs not. and like which is fine. Like if that's your thing, yeah, that's totally fine. But I think that the what, the, the, the the wife initiates like like a role play scenario. They think it's like a very intimate like oh you know how I like it or like it, there was like there was strong communication. I I don't know. I I think like if we're gonna get into the nitty gritty, like there is no actual sexual intercourse. They he fingers her and she gives him a hand job. That is yeah. not intimate. But I think if it was supposed to seem intimate, it wouldn't have been like so cringy for lack of a better word what? like it's shot they sound, yeah and they and even the way they're talking about it like they sound so clueless like they're just like what what are our salacious servants lives like let's like step into that for a minute because that'll be fun and they sound just incredibly clueless it's not it doesn't seem like a good time <laughs> like if you were trying to sell a passionate sex scene you'd have you do a better yeah you would shoot it differently yeah whereas this feels like we are just watching this all unfold. You're supposed to feel uncomfortable because the family that is underneath the table is uncomfortable. That's why you feel uncomfortable. No, but I, I think it's presented that way purposefully. Yeah. Like, I, I really don't think there's anything intimate about it at all. And they then, don't face each other. Yeah, there's no... 
I'm not. I'm yeah, not they're, they are the kind int- of I, I think they were yeah. having a good time. I, 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 I like. I think there's a difference between like intimacy and pleasure. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, I do think it sums up their relationship pretty well because mm-hmm. you know when Song Kang Ho is driving him, over, when he's driving him for like one of his occasions, that's like you know. So, what do you think about you know your wife or whatever? He goes, oh, she kind of just exists. That, he basically is like he loves eh. her. He says it. No, he, he never says it. Doesn't. He never says it. No, no, no. He he's just very like, you know, it's, she's what I have. That's basically yeah. the vibe that you get from them. He he says like a yes when the question's posed directly in kind of a weird way, and then cracks a joke about like, I mean, I guess you call it that, right? Like it's it's very and, sidestepy. And, and I do think that there is a parallel between their relationship and the impoverished family's relationship because they do have that moment when they're drinking together where it gets really uncomfortable between them because they're like, you never did this, blah, 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 blah. And then when it gets real, they laugh it off and they're like, oh, we're just kidding. We fooled you. Mm -hmm. I do think that you have a parallel there between these two. Like maybe they don't love each other, but they're kind of what they got. That's kind of all they have. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a respect for one another Whereas I don't think there is that level of respect from the, the rich family pers- yeah. perspective. No. But um, ultimately, our family gets away. They escape home, and it's raining a lot. And I'm, we're, we're going a little long, so we'll streamline this a bit. But rain soaked, flooded, very stressful. I was not a fan of seeing ev- not only their house, but every house flooded. Yeah. Um, when, when I was in Korea recently, I, it, it did really feel like when it po- rained, it poured. Like, because mm. I was there during the middle of a typhoon, Typhoon Tapa, and it's just wild. Because mm. I, was, I was like, oh, is this dramatized? Because I had watched it before I went there, and I was like, nah, oh. it, it floods. Yeah. Like, it's scary how, how bad it floods. So seeing that, and then just the realization, did you leave the window open? Oh, that was real rough. Yeah. Um, so you see the family basically decimated like their home. So now they're like, all right, we got to figure this shit out. There's people in our home that are threatening our livelihoods. We have to take care of it. And <sighs> there's so much to talk about. Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is a problem. Uh, uh, Joey, say something. Pick something. <laughs> I'm just watching your brain crumble and kind of enjoying it. Um, I, I mean, you, we're not even really touching on, you know, everything that's happening in the basement. Yeah. Really, like, I mean, we, we, we leave with, you know, two people tied up there without any food or nourishment, literally tied to poles. And one's one knocked that, out. One that's knocked out and is like, when she eventually, we see her come to, is very clearly not well and concussed. Um, that part and, broke my heart. That kick. That kick was so good. Oh, and that the thud is all because it's not crunchy at all. It's just a heavy, soft hit. It's a thunk. Yeah. Um, Yeah, great foley on that thud, really. (laughs) Um, You know, they're flooded out of their house. They have to go sleep, you know, in a gymnasium with a bunch of other people because everyone's been decimated by by this flood. They get up in the morning and they're like, fuck, our life is like, what the fuck are we going to do? We just have this stressful situation. Now our house is done. Everything's going down. And they all have to get back to the house. Yeah, serve the people because they're just going to have a party. There's so many of those instances where I think about the Ramdan as well, where their whole life is like falling apart right now. But they have to put that aside because the rich family wants Mm. food in eight minutes exactly. Or they decided to have a little party. So they have to just like shove this catastrophe aside for a moment to cater to those small 
small needs because that's just the way their life is structured around these other people. Coral, that's often how I feel my life is structured. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. <laughs> it, I mean, I was a personal assistant for about a minute and that's what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just another one of those, oh, like, hey, this capitalism thing kind of yeah. sucks. It's yeah. not great. Uh, I, I do love that there's just like this impromptu, like, you know, let's just have a party. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I've known so many people. Like, let's, let's just have a get together. Yeah. It's and not I, that hard to do. You don't need to get wine and hors d'oeuvres every time. I just love that you meet a room full. You don't meet them, but all the people they invite over are exactly the same as them. Mm-hmm. And you don't even because she's like, just dress casual. Oh, blah, yeah. Blah. The, wear sweats. It's fine. We'll Everyone's get, in like a tea dress. Let's get day drunk. And yeah. then there's like like people playing like the violin, <laughs> a cello. They're all playing like, like, you know, for lack of a better word, rich people music. <laughs> and they're having like uh, when when uh, the maid when the mother is told like um, let's have a crane formation around the teepee with with my son's teepee as the central piece of the party yeah. like it just feels like such like you know who these people are and they all suck the same <laughs> and that's just oh it's so good the attention to detail given to just the right things it's just you know exactly who everyone is at this party because I feel like especially in LA you meet a lot of them yeah. <laughs> But that's when you have the moment where um, previously in the gymnasium, the son, Kevin, asked his father, what was your plan? You said you had a plan. What's the plan? And he's like, dude, there's no plan. We're just rolling (laughs) with the punches. And that really sticks with Kevin Mm -hmm. because he feels like he's brought this upon the family. And so as a result, I started this. I'm going to take care of the problem. That way we can continue living this life because he's for the most part, his life is pretty good. Mm. He's uh, he's hanging out with the girl who he kind of was into, and yeah. she's into him. Their family is wealthier than they've ever been, but they just have that one nagging problem of, of that man tied up in their basement, yeah. which leads to the second most stressful moment of the movie, is him going to take care of the business with the Philosopher's Rock. They're <laughs> really bad on those stairs. It's just a bunch, of, a bunch of clumsy people. They keep on falling down and dropping shit. They're pretty steep stairs. Steep and smooth. It's yeah. dark. Um, I, I knew no good was going to come of him going <laughs> down to that basement. Yeah. I just felt it in my core. Yeah. But I, I think the thing that really bothers me is because I, I would say that Bong Joon-ho in all of his movies, he often depicts a lot of violent things, but he never really shows them. I think he's very good about restraint and he only uses violence and shows violence when absolutely necessary. Mm. And I think that in this moment is it feels like the one that the one moment of violence that feels so unlike everything that we've seen in the movie is the tied up man who again is worshiping the ground that rich father walks on yeah. uh, is when he when he hits Kevin over the head with the rock and and you know you don't see the first hit really like you 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 hear it. And then when he's on the ground, the, the, the blood is pooling around him. You have just a wide shot of him throwing the rock on his head. And it's the one shot I can't watch. Yeah. I can't watch it. But it, it's shown for a it's reason. It's interesting mechanically, uh, just like how the shot was uh, composed. And I'm interesting. I would have loved to see the post-process on actually the effect that they did for that shot. Because it just hits with such a sickening thud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the same weight as, 
you know, the, the woman hitting her head against yeah. the wall. Like, yeah. it's such a brutal depiction of violence. And at this point, you know, Kevin fucks up. You might even presume he's dead because he's been yeah. bludgeoned over the head with a rock twice. You know, this is like probably like a 30-pound rock that was just dropped on his skull. And you're like, well, okay, that's a lot of blood. And now Crazy Man's out of the basement. Yeah, and I, and I I was think I've been trying to think like why why is that the moment that you show why is that the moment that you show this super violent act because mm-hmm. I don't want to see that no one wants to see that but you you show this for a reason it was a little bit funny well how is it funny uh, no why 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 would you show I don't know the answer to this really yeah I haven't thought about that specifically I, I do th- I do think it's just you know like I guess if I had to guess it's just a moment of like. At the end of the day, this is what happens under capitalism. You have mm-hmm. people who are just willing to murder one another. Yeah. And I think it, I think it's as simple as that. And it's it's that opening of that door, you know, because that's it's the moment that guy gets out, which triggers all the other like that is that is the initiation yeah. of everything. It's Pandora's door. Totally spiraling. Yeah. And how you build like a villain, right? Because you know you you assume that he's like. This person's a little bit off. They're not normal. They might be violent. Like their yeah. their life is broken, and you see him almost in like an act of self defense and retaliation. Like hit him the first time, right? Mm-hmm. But the second time is so intentional and unnecessary that I feel like that's really how you take someone from someone who could be in some way, shape, or form sympathetic and just make them a villain. I mean, I would say it's just extreme consumerism. Like it is just like someone who is just at the the opposite side of the haves and he is the ultimate have not and this is the way i guess you are when you are just on the very not that it's a well he talks before that happens he talks about like why would he want to get out he's comfortable yeah so i think he's that other other side that can just worship what he doesn't have and and kind of keep that system intact, right? Because you need you need people like that to to keep everything functional and to make it too hard. He's to another change. cog in the machine. Yeah. And he's a willing cog. Yeah. Because really, like, he didn't have to do any of the things that the other family did to get in the position. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's living a pretty comfy life. He's happy with kind of the status quo of where he's at yeah. until the other family steps in. So, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree with that reading. Um, but, but then we have the moment in the party where all hell breaks loose. You know, we have uh, rich dad and Sun Kung Ho like, all right, we're going to be the Indians that jump out. And our son, my son is going to be the cowboy who fights us off and, you know, it'll all work out, blah, 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 blah. And then he, he has them like, you know, what, what are we doing, man? He goes, look, consider this as part of your job. Like, it's just like, you're not a human. You are my hired help. Yeah. And that's not the thing that sets them off though. Mm-mm. That's not the thing that sets Song Kong Ho off. It's they have the interaction. We see Crazy Man come out and he uh, he murders Jessica. He murders Jessica. Kind of stabs her in the heart. Stabs her directly in the heart. It's a good stab. Very good stab. And mom flips Poor out. Jessica. Every everyone basically breaks their character, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Okay, my family is in direct danger. I need to help." Yeah. Um, mom gets slashed, but she's still trying to fight off while. Um, all hell breaks loose. Son passes out because he saw the ghost that was in the house. <laughs> we didn't even get in that. Such a good moment. <coughs> but the the thing that really sets off, we get into a tussle between uh, the father, the mother, um, rich dad, and crazy guy, and it's just such chaos. Chaos is, is the party's 
ruined, mm-hmm. first of all. It's ruined. No one's having a good time anymore. But the thing that really sets Song Kang Ho off after Crazy Man gets shish kebab in the side, which is a great, great move, great, great attack, uh, is the smell. Because he goes to throw the keys to, uh, Song Kang Ho throws the keys to the rich dad, falls, and, and then he goes to reach for him, and it's just the smell. He, he the, His nose twitches. Oh, yeah, despite uh, everything happening and how urgent it is. His yeah. daughter was just murdered, but the one thing he notices is the smell. Mm-hmm. And that's how it sets it off, which is such a... I really like that moment. Mm. Because it is just like at the end of the day, I just... You're, I'm still better than you. And that, that's basically what, what's happening there. And it's just like, how can you behave this way in such chaos? Mm-hmm. And that causes him to stab him directly in the chest and then run away. And now he's a fugitive. Yeah. Dad should have kept his cool. <laughs> Why, though? Look, well, look at how everything was ruined for him. He could have just been like, ah, well, that person's shitty. I'm not, I don't have to murder them. Could he have? It, it feels... Like everything else has been so calculated, and then just to like go in this crazy fit moment but of rage. Exactly, like, everything everything he does all the time has to be calculated and thought through and calm. And you're not allowed to be human. It still didn't work. He was smarter than them the entire time, and he still just had to watch his daughter get stabbed to death. He didn't have to throw his life away. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not Jesse. Sounds like some respectability politics. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, ultimately, we have uh, we we find out that Kevin is not actually dead, and in fact, he has a plan. His dad didn't have a plan, but Kevin has a plan. Mm-hmm. And we have our montage where you're like, you know, you you're your comfortable American audience member. You're like, all right, <laughs> yeah. things are gonna work out. We're good to go. Kevin's like, okay, here's what's gonna happen. Uh, one. I laugh a lot now whenever people <laughs> say things. And it, I laugh at sometimes not the greatest moments, mm. but that's just because, because I, he's, he had brain surgery. Yeah, he, he got hit in the head with a rock and he had brain surgery. And so his family is under watch. Even though he suffered a brain injury, he's still smarter than the cops who are trailing him in order to find leads about the father, which I think is hilarious because you have the scene where the cops and detectives fall over while trailing, which is just so good. And he, his, his master plan is, I am going to work a good job. I'm going to earn enough money to buy a house that my dad is currently living in. We've been communicating via Morse code because my dad learned that that's a thing you could do because of this crazy guy who lived in the basement. And we see this all unfolding as he's narrating it. And you're just like, you, you accept it as this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you've been trained your entire movie going media going life is oh the thing that's happening on the screen it's great he's talking about it it's all gonna work out and then you have the beautiful moment where finally sun kung ho comes up from the basement kevin has purchased the house his mom's there and then they meet after all these years and they hug Mm -hmm. and then we have the final moment like i feel like in the american version that's where it would have yeah because, like, why wouldn't you want to feel good? Like, mm-hmm. that, it feels so good. He finally did it. It's the American dream, baby. <laughs> he he worked hard, made enough money, bought the house. Just like he could have done at the beginning, but he didn't want to. Yeah, he finally did it. He just, you know, instead of stealing, he decided to make a name for himself. <laughs> Joey, what did you think during this part? Because I, th- this I, is where the movie ends. I don't, I mean, I guess my question to throw it back at you and kind of deflect a little bit is, did you think that that was actually happening? Because I just assumed the whole time that, that wasn't real. 
I wanted it to be true because I want this family to be happy. But it felt I, I did feel weird. I'm like, this seems weird. Because I'm like, this seems so like I don't believe what's I, being presented to me because I'm like, the movie wasn't like this. I, I was bothered by it, but I didn't guess that it wasn't true. I'm it felt off. I guess yeah. I wanted it to be true, but I was like, this feels weird. Like it, this feels like it's gonna be bad now. Yeah. <laughs> it felt off. And I don't know if that's just like our like our plot bat senses tingling or like mm -hmm. if it was shot so subtly different that it feels like dreamy yeah but when i was watching it, i'm like is this a dream or is this like a like a projection or something mm -hmm. and then it made sense it made sense pretty rapidly that when it you know, it's like oh like like it's a broken illusion there's still yeah it, it fades to so. just oh, a winter day yeah in the basement of their old home pans down he goes one day i'll do this mm -hmm. movie ends and you're just like that's a, that's a bummer <laughs> yeah. ending. Like, I've watched a lot of bummer endings of a movie, but just having that ripped from you in the end, yeah. just like, ooh, this hurts. Mm -hmm. But it's it just, yeah, man, it's a good movie. It's it's the it's the it's the strong medicine though. It's uh, one of the one of the biggest complaints I've seen lobbed at this movie is that like, it's so unsubtle. It's such a like a it's so on the nose with all of its messaging. But to that, it's I so metaphorical. Yeah, it's so metaphorical. <laughs> and, and to that, though, I say, I, I've kind of been forced to reevaluate mm -hmm. subtlety in movie making as a result of this movie. Because why do you want to be subtle? Yeah. Because you don't want to feel like you're being preached at. Mm. But I think when you watch something that's so good at preaching something and it's such an important message, I say shout from the rooftops. I yeah. feel like the movie of this message needs to be loud and clear because you know it is just a capitalism is a thing that is rampant in our everyday life so why not be why should one side be so ever present and oppressive and the side that wants to destroy it needs to be yeah. subtle and quiet and i think if you talk about a read of like oh rich people are bad and mean and the poor people are the good people who deserve better if that's your your read about this unsubtle movie i don't think that's necessarily a a good read i think the themes are really obvious but i think there is there's more to dig into as far as like this isn't this isn't the rich family and the poor family fighting each other there's there's other layers of complacency and the poor people having to fight against each other first i think there's if you want to do a deeper reading you certainly can yeah i, I would love to like have my family like not just my nuclear family, but like most of my family watch this movie then talk about it over Christmas dinner. <laughs> I'd be like, I would just uh, assume that like it's only half gotten, mm -hmm. and like even the part that is gotten is because it's like kind of blatant with the yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's just I, showcasing an eternal struggle. Like I don't think it'll ever go away. Unfortunately, I think this is the way things will always be, and I consider myself an optimist. Yeah, but like this is just showcasing like. This is what it devolves to. This is, it's a doggy dog cutthroat world and that's all it'll ever be. Yeah, I do think a criticism I've seen of it has been that while it's an anti-capitalist movie, it doesn't go beyond, like it's certainly not a socialist film. It's not a film that presents really any other options and that that's really the tricky part with, mm. with film that, that criticizes part of the world is, well, it's one thing to show that racism is bad, but it's another thing to dream up a world or or show, you know, what happens after that, how you fix it a step beyond that, a utopian vision outside of this problem. And just that that 
There's basically there, but not presenting yeah. an answer to the yeah. scenario. And I think you've seen a lot of a lot of these like class struggle films the last few years have been very like, this is how bad it is, and never really a any other sort of creative alternative. Mm. But see, I don't know that I, I like I understand the criticism, but I just don't know that there's I don't think there's any answer that would make anyone happy. No, and I don't think it's... And, uh, and, it's not, and it's not like there's like a... There is no right answer, but it's more so like, okay, you're presenting this, but what are you going to... What are, like, what do you think? I, I guess... No, that, I don't think it has to be so literal as like, here's what a better society would look like as much as I think... And I don't think this is a criticism. I think it's... The target the movie has is fine. You shouldn't demand that it does anything else. But I think something like showing how those two families, a storyline where those, those two families are forced on the same side or, or just anything that doesn't just devolve into poor people are forced to kill each other mm. for the comfort of rich people. Anything that shows how the, those tables can turn, even if it's just between those two families, I think would be something that people were more, would be more ready to label a film about resistance mm. to class struggle. Mm, mm, mm. Joey, what'd you think about Parasite? I liked Parasite for a myriad of reasons. What? Why? Why? Why is why is your humor temp tepid? Because I gotta ask. Do you like it more than Green Book? <laughs> oh, that's what you're thinking about. Yeah, um, I I think Parasite is one of my more favorite movies we've watched on the show thus far. Okay. Um, and it has subtitles. Well done. I it's. I didn't like it more than Collateral. <laughs> so there's no, Mike, no Michael Mann movie. It's, it, I, I guess not. Um, but but I, think I'd, I think I'd put it in the top three. Top three. Right. Which... Collateral. C collateral 7 and, and Parasite. All right. Probably, probably in that order. Dude, you're definitely the coolest film student in this college. Some edgy movies. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't want to be that That's person. That's okay. That's not, not a bad thing. Like, I think those are perfectly good movies. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I liked Parasite quite a bit. I was, again, like a little trepidatious about watching it a second time because I'm like, oh, am I going to like, I'm going to have to force myself through this. And I didn't feel like I was forcing myself through it. I was enjoying watching it a second time, which is some, I mean, I can probably count on two hands in my movies, movies I've seen twice. And, I, and you can even argue that I didn't even really see it the first time because I couldn't understand it. So like, mm -hmm. maybe there's like some gray area there. Um, but, but I was happy watching it twice. I feel like I got more out of it. I feel like on a, on a second viewing, I, I had more concrete thoughts about it or could think about it. Um, I can spend more time thinking about it yeah. than I did, than I did the first time. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was, I was pretty happy that it won the Oscar, I guess. I couldn't imagine like Ford versus Ferrari being any better than this. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but Christian Bale is supposed to be great. Peak, my, peak dad movie. The yeah. most dad movie. Have you seen that? No. My, my sister uh, insists that it's like her favorite movie she's seen in years. She's like, Joe, you gotta watch Ford versus Ferrari. I know how it ends, and I'm shocked that they decided to do what they've done. Well, I, I gotta watch this movie. You'll have to tell me later. Um, uh, one thing that I wanted to touch on real quick that I just forgot to because I'm scattershot is uh, uh, Bong, Joon Bong Joon-ho said this is his most like personal movie mm. that he's made and he hasn't really elaborated beyond that. 
And I think that's super interesting and I want to know why because every other movie he's made has also had um, like there's been elements of his life that have had direct influences on each one of the movies and it all devolves into the corruption of um, local police forces in Korea. Mm. And that's something that's showcased very strongly in Memories of Murder. Um, it's showcased very strongly um, his uh, college days when uh, there was protests at his college that he would join in on and they'd protest against the police force that was in their city. And that is like a central side plot in um, The Host. And I, probably not Snowpiercer, um, <laughs> but Okja, I'm sure there's something there too. But yes. I, I, I want to know what the element of his life, like I want to hear the personal story of him he, uh, I, when I first saw this movie, there was a director Q&A after, mm -hmm. um, and I, this was a while back now, but I, I'm pretty sure he talked about being a tutor, an English tutor, ah. and going to, like, a really wealthy family's home, and just, like, feeling like he didn't belong or like he had snuck in mm -hmm. just by being there. Oh, man, I'm into that. When I went to the screening with the director, the guy just asked him, Where'd you find that house at? And I was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, half of it's fake. Half of the house is fake. There's no second story. <laughs> Dude, that was the worst Q&A ever. Wow. Okay. Um, I want to know what we're going to do next. Also, this is what I was going to say. Um, there was something slightly like ironic about it winning the Oscar than having like the 1% being so like it's... uproarious applause of like, no, no, give him more time. And I'm like, it was uh, Elon Musk's favorite film of the year, <laughs> which is really troubling. <laughs> I, I do think that there is some level of uh, performance mm -hmm. when it comes to have this movie having one. Like, I think this movie deserves it, but I also think he that hasn't the- hasn't seen Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen 1917 either. Um, but I, I feel like- I feel like I knew this movie was going to win because we had, at IGN, we had like a little, what do you want to win and what do you think will win? Mm -hmm. And I wrote that I want Parasite to win because I, I do think that now more than ever in the history of cinema, world cinema is so easy to get. Yeah. It's, it used to be so hard to track down foreign movies because it used to be expensive to rent them, to request them, and it used to be hard to, to, to find a way of watching them. So the fact like – I often think that the internet is a bad place. But I think the one – Calm down. I think that one of the good things it's done is just make world cinema so readily accessible, which is why I thought like out of all the years for something to win, this feels – like the only time it can win. And I also knew that there would be performative votes where people are like, I got to vote for this. So people think I'm cool. Mm -hmm. And then they did and it won. So I'm not, I'm not mad about it, but I also don't like, I don't trust anyone in the Academy. No, it's very, it's interesting. The arc that that movies had, especially, I think if you want to talk about, it's not subtle enough. I think the fact that rich people love it tells you it's subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I. Well, no one wants to think that they're the bad guy, though. Yeah, but like, come on. <laughs> I think a small subset of them have to at least be smart enough or like realize it and like accept the fact that they're the bad people. But by and large, most people aren't having that opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's that Chrissy Teigen thing that. AirPod. <laughs> yeah, people screenshotting her talking about how she loves Parasite next to the screenshot of her like, my mom loses AirPods all the time, treats them like candy. We just buy her a new one every week. <laughs> and it's like. 
<laughs> just fine. Chrissy Teigen seems fine. It's all fine. Like I, I think people are allowed to behave that way, but also like, oh, that have hurts. A little bit of self awareness. Really hurts. Maybe. Really hurts. I this maybe this movie did make me think, like, well, what happens if I become rich at one point in my <laughs> life? What am, am I gonna be? Am I gonna turn Nick into a two hundred dollar coffee maker, Coral? How do you feel oh about my this? God. Hold on. I bought that one. I really shouldn't have guys. <laughs> yeah, let me, I bought it because I thought it'd be a great motivator for me to work out. How? Because so? it has the ability to, you can set an, a, you can schedule it to make yeah. coffee. So, oh, so, so if you like know at 5 a.m. you have a wake up, coffee, you have, have to drink. Wake up, have my cup of coffee. And you know what? Okay. I've been going to the gym pretty often. All right. So, hey, I'm just saying. That's it works. only like you a can couple also months buy, gym membership. You can buy a $20 Mr. Coffee that has a, has a timer. I know. It. Yeah. But hold on. <laughs> Gotta help. I'm allowed to have some <laughs> nice things. I live very frugally. I can have a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Nick lives more frugally than I do. There you go. I didn't go on a Euro trip. <laughs> Nick's been on I, three international vacations. I don't leave my jackets months. and be like, I'll just buy another jacket. Three international vacations in 18 months. I've done That's one yeah. in 10 years. I haven't bought a coffee maker or left the country. <laughs> you did go to Starbucks. Coral. Yeah, Today. and I got a reusable <laughs> cup, so I save 10 cents every time I go, and I help the environment. Damn it. <laughs> Anywho, uh, uh, can you tell us what movie we're going to watch next, Cole? Yeah, Because I need to move on okay. to this conversation immediately. Um, I was trying to think of, like, what are some genres we haven't delved into yet? Um, so we're going to watch a Western. Oh, yeah. But we're going to watch a more modern Western. Not like a John Wayne, not Stagecoach. <laughs> um, we're going to watch The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford in honor of Brad Pitt's First acting Oscar. The assassination. <laughs> you, right now, you just wrote the ass. A S S A S S I S S. It doesn't matter. You'll figure it out. Cole, I have not seen this movie. I haven't seen it in many years, and I haven't seen it in uh, like full HD ever. And I'm very excited to because it's, I think, one of the most beautiful movies i've ever seen it was shot by deacons so it's you know our boy uh, of 1917 fame yeah yeah so many things are coming together well i don't i'm trying to think if i've ever watched a western movie and i'm pretty sure that the only thing that i can even remotely claim would be close to be Django, right that's yeah. the only thing that would even be close to the ballpark mm. i think so this is a brand new experience there's definitely like the two breeds there's I guess more, but like the very like shooty cowboys versus Indians, like the John John Wayne kind of Western. And then there's been after that, a more kind of like insular introspective kind of about the brokenness of America kind of Western. And then this is firmly the latter. Dude, it's like Red Dead Redemption. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Something I don't know about either. Well, uh, thank you all for, uh, uh, humoring me and talking about Parasite and I guess thank you the Academy for not voting for Ford versus Ferrari because man imagine <laughs> if we did that it'd be it's- short <laughs> I, I would be home <laughs>
I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hit us up on patreon.com slash cybergarbage if you like this. If you can uh, get the video versions there for patrons or uh, the audio versions, hit the audio feed sometime after that whenever I remember to post them, which is semi-regular, but definitely delayed versus Patreon. So thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. Um, watch the assassination of James Ford. <laughs> Is this a, another Ford versus Ferrari sequel? <laughs>